Greetings, greetings, bicycle lovers everywhere. Welcome once more to the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program. This is a show where we talk about bikes and bike racing and bike-related things and commuting and, and really whatever takes our fancy. Uh, we just, I don't know, we like bikes. We're, bi- we're bike racers who are bike lovers. It's true, yeah, it's true. So talk to me um, from across the nation. Who's got two thumbs the, and is that guy? This guy. <laughs> Yes. Talk to me. Stop interrupting me. Sorry. Talk to me from across the nation, uh, from the fine city of uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, is Matteo. Hey, Matteo. Hey, Matteo. Uh, hi, I'm Matteo. And uh, talking to me from the fine city of Boston is, it is Greg Colby. Is, oh, well, hey, I'm Greg. sorry that you were doing it. I'm Greg. I'm Greg. Yes. <laughs> hey, y'all. How's it going? <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> I did. That just came out. I lived in the South for four years. I can say it. You can say y'all without being affected. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Southern um, hospitality means that, like, as soon as you get there, you're, like, one of them. There are some places where that's not true, you know? Yeah. Like, I think it takes, yeah, like, three know. generations in order to become a New Englander. But I think in the South, <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey, hey, neighbor, hey, y'all, you know, immediately. <laughs> uh yeah, you must. Yeah. So when you go to the in-laws, and they're just like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw a survey recently, uh, like the other day, where like people across the nation or something have voted that Boston is the rudest city in the U.S. And I'm like, once more, proving that the rest of the nation just doesn't understand New England culture. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're not rude. We just don't talk to strangers. Yeah like any more than strictly necessary just, like i'm sorry yeah. I, I i understand that comes off as rude in most other parts of the country but we're not trying to be jerks it's just new england is a gruff place it is gruff billy billy goat's gruff <laughs> all right yeah boy i'm going weird places we actually do have a um we have a i think a packed show today so um, we should probably get going into it I, we're going to be talking a little bit it's a little weird it's, it's an odd subject for us i think um, because we are, uh, I would describe, um, you and I, Matteo, as kind of not young youngsters. Yeah. Um, we're, we're no spring chickens anymore. We're in our early thirties. Okay. So we're not, uh, uh we're, we're, we're not old, but we're not, you know, we're not just starting out on this uh, little adventure called life. We still look uh, good, but we also have a crushing awareness of our own mortality. Yes, exactly. It's extremely, it's extremely, uh, uh, we're very depressed. So we're, we're talking a little bit about, <laughs> about getting, uh, about getting older and bike racing and, and kind of consequences thereof. And I, I want to start with, uh, an article that was published in VeloNews, which is kind of what gave us the idea to talk about this, that and some comments that, uh, uh Maddie made a, a few episodes, um, ago that, that I, I will bring back in a sec. Um, and this article is called Racing to Extremes, uh, Cycling to Extremes, sorry, are endurance athletes hurting their hearts by repeatedly pushing beyond what is normal? And so that's by uh, Chris Case over at Vela News. And talking about uh, older older cyclists developing um, essentially heart damage, uh, tachycardias and, and whatnot uh, from just many, many years of pushing hard and, and the kind of growing uh, evidence that you really can, that cycling and, and, and bike racing is is good for you and exercise is good for you but there's a dosage just like there is for anything 
right? Just like just like a drug, you know, there's a dose that might be really good for you, and there's a dose that might start to do damage. And I was also thinking about uh, there was a while back when we were talking about crashes and hitting your head and. and Matthew, you said, uh, I, I believe that, you know, once you, if it gets to the point where you get like a concussion or two, that's probably when, when you'd stop because, um, you know, it's, there's a point where, yeah, this is great, but you don't want to risk the integrity of your brain doing it. Yeah. I really value the life of the mind. I, I value the life of the body as well. Um, but well, same thing really. Um, yeah. I mean the, the mind, <laughs> the mind is part of the body, but, uh, I know that yeah, yeah, the sort exactly. of physical and, and mental, uh, division is an amusing uh, right. false binary but you know i i value what i can do with thinking and feeling and my personality which i think is more or less like it's okay you know i, I like it and i don't yeah really want that to uh change due to injury and i th yeah i think that if i had a severe concussion i would probably stop racing bikes and maybe even stop riding them fast you know maybe just be mm -hmm. that person who's just on the brakes the whole descent and that would probably be a little bit of a bummer, but I think it would be a worse bummer to be living with traumatic brain injury. Yeah, absolutely. I, so, I know someone who has a very long recovery from a traumatic brain injury, and uh, I don't, I don't want to change like that. Yeah, well, well, me too. Actually, there's, um, but, but, but of course, her her situation, you know, having been hit by a car and essentially died is. <laughs> on the you know coded on the way to the hospital sort of a little different yeah. than, than doing just bike racing um but anyway uh but yeah it's t it's clearly it's it's very you know it's challenging for sure and um and not something that you know <laughs> it sucks that anyone has to 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 deal with that um recovery so what i wanted to talk about i guess what i'm thinking about is you know uh what what would make a slowdown and why and um and and maybe you know we're at a point where you know, yeah we're we're not old but it's a good idea to start maybe it's a good idea to start thinking long term before we're fifty years old um, about about racing and training with with long term health and longevity yeah. in mind and and you know not just the physical aspects but also the mental aspects of you know how long do we want to do this I know that um, you know and this didn't come up in the last episode because because it, it was it was running long um, but I, I think that. You know, you and I are both in cycles where we've started to kind of step up our ambitions and and our workload in, mm -hmm. in cycle. And I think you're you're deeper into that than than I am, and you're having the results you know to show for it. But um, there's very much the sense that man, like I really hope that this turns some dividends in terms of, of making me a lot faster. But I know I can't do it forever. You right. Know? So there's right. that mental aspect as well. Like what, what would make, you know, what's, what's going to be the point where I'm like, okay, I've, I've, I've had enough. So yeah, I don't know. Um, any, any thoughts on where to dive into these questions? Yeah. So I think, I think we should, we should take it back to this article cycling to extremes, which um, sure. presents a few examples of, of people who are uh, obviously quite fit and quite healthy and mm -hmm. riding a lot of bicycles, you know, um, the, the sort of first piece of anecdata. data so to speak, is, is Leonard Zinn, a world-renowned technical cycling guru, who yes. um, obviously has been riding his bicycle on long rides for a long time. Um, and then national had, team, U.S. national team member in like the 70s. Yeah. And, and then, you know, had uh, on a bike ride heart problems and had to go get quite a bit of medical attention. Uh, 
Bas- yeah. Basically because of a a heart attack. Um, well, not, uh, more of a, uh, uh, an episode of uh, tachycardia, which yeah. is... So, so not, this is not a full-on re- infarction, but... Well, what happens is you're... you're uh, so the kind of, I don't know, middle school science version of what's going on is your heartbeat is controlled by these electric pathways in your heart um, uh, where there's, there's a circuit and, and the, this electrical um, impulse starts at one circuit and moves to another circuit, and that's what causes the rhythmic contraction of first your uh, atria and then your ventricles. Um, but what can happen um, due to uh, gen- genetic conditions or um, damage, uh, as it turns out, um, to the heart muscle from, from lots of stress, is that signal can, can find shortcuts. And when you get stressed and your heart starts beating faster, such as during endurance exercise, um, that that you can your heart essentially short circuits and just starts flopping around. It's it's beating erratically rather than than rhythmically and and not in the correct order. And it's potentially very dangerous, right? And and what will happen um, in conjunction with this is heart rate will jump up very high. So in the case of Leonard Zinn, um, his heart rate went from 155 beats per minute to 218 uh, and that's a that's a pretty typical um heart rate that someone will experience in these conditions it's reasonably familiar to me because um my sweetheart actually um had uh, a heart um issue um from childhood hmm. uh that that induced uh, a tachycardia hmm. like this and, and would see heartbeats in excess of 200 hmm. beats per minute yeah, and, and you know, fortunately, it was possible for her to get um, a surgery to uh, basically uh, correct the issue. Um, but it, apparently, that's not necessarily, uh, it doesn't always work out easily. And it can be, depending on the kind of tachycardia, uh, it, it can be very difficult to get it to go away, this problem, and um, it can be dangerous. Yeah. So, you know, so the, the Vela News article raises the question of, all right, you know, we think this is a really healthy activity, but is there uh, this this element of, like, kind of a lurking danger for some people? Mm-hmm. And I really need, so I work in public health as my profession, and so I, I need to uh, contextualize kind of this question that the article raises, um, because I, I think it's very important that this not be interpreted as riding your bike can be bad for you and can, can lead to heart problems. Right. Um, and, and when we look at uh, health data in the aggregate, it, it's really important to, uh, to keep that as context. So er, probably everyone knows someone who can say, oh, you know, well, my great uncle smoked a pack a day for his whole life and died at the age of like 95 from like a, a broken hip or whatever, you know? Right. And that, that doesn't say that smoking is not bad for you. Smoking is extremely, extremely bad for you causes cancer in like almost everybody who does it um for a long enough time that sort of thing yeah so so when we say like does cycling cause heart problems the answer is like yes it may for some people who do it like long and hard enough and like just like some of them but and the flip side is that for like everybody else there are just myriad health benefits that if we're talking about these like pros and cons in bulk 
the health benefits to the vast majority of people who ride a bike at some point and even like race and ride a lot for a lot of parts of their life far and away overshadows i believe and this is again like what i would expect to find if we rigorously look at the data uh, far and away right. overshadows the uh the health risks to some people at the extreme end right. and, and so I, I really want to throw that context out there because that's important we, this conversation isn't like yo is 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 riding a bike actually dangerous because the answer is no probably not right like like 99.99 percent of the time no yeah Correct. it's it's going to help you overall you know live longer most likely mm -hmm. but you know there there is there is evidence for sure that lots you know that that uh, lots of exercise you know a high load over decades can you know can lead to some 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 damage yeah i mean your the heart is a pretty incredible organ you know it's just it basically just like keeps on doing what it does for most people yeah until you die you basically start well, life with yeah. a heartbeat and you end it with the last one. And in between, yeah. in between, you know, for a lot of people, it's just like, ch-chunk, ch-chunk, ch-chunk for decades. This is like, the heartbeat is like the Honda Civic of organs. It just, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps running. <laughs> it's not bad. I like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's... Uh, you know, for the most part, giving it some exercise um, really is good for it. Yeah. It'd be like it'd be like if driving your your car, your Honda Civic, just a little bit fast, um, you know, a couple times a week, made it last even longer. Yeah. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. I don't know. But what do you th what do you think about this particular like for 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 your like? Do you see yourself? You know, kind of doing. It's <laughs> gonna be like dipping into like a regular <laughs> punching bag of uh, <laughs> WHBP. Uh, <laughs> some masters racing. You know, when you're forty or fifty years old, like what do you what do you think about that? Leaving aside uh, uh, kind of the mean things we've said about masters <laughs> racing <laughs> in the past. Well, I think I think this 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 issue is is interesting interesting to me because after I told. Uh, my my family about my experience at track national championships. My my mother's response was, "Do you think some of those symptoms you describe those sound dangerous? I mean, you wouldn't you wouldn't put yourself in danger doing this, I and mean, you you would understand where there was a clear line between you know going hard and, and being in trouble, right?" And I was like, "Oh yeah, oh totally. This you know suffering in a bike race is really different than oh crap, there's something medically wrong with me. I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think." Um, my mother, I, I don't believe, listens to this podcast, so I can get away with qualifying my reassurances of her with, <laughs> I think. Um, so your, your question is, like, would would this information kind of change what what I could conceivably, like, plan on doing with with Absolutely. my next several decades? And right. I, I don't think it would. I think that there are uh, enough other persistent dangers that are maybe more likely to happen mm -hmm. that that one could be careful about and the tricky thing when talking about something like risk is you're, you're talking about um probabilistic things you know what's what's the the probability of uh this, this cardiac tachycardia happening um if i do a little bit more of this and a little bit less of this we can moderate that risk um 
you can really like decrease your risk for cancer by not smoking, but you can't eliminate it entirely. Right. Um, you can decrease your risk for uh, heart disease by riding your bike, and you can't eliminate it entirely. You know, like all all of these things are are probabilistic, and and there's no way that you can guarantee that at the end of another decade or two, you're not going to have X health effect or Y mm-hmm. health effect, whatever health effect. So with with stuff like this you know from from a, a public health perspective i think it's it's fairly wise to say that you know everything in moderation including moderation the old sort of confucius saying right. um but I, I but i don't i don't think that that would that would dissuade me from from continuing to ride my bike enthusiastically and often i i and part of the reason why i say that is because i don't do like lots of five and six hour rides and i i don't think that that will ever be my life i don't think that i'll ever do the kind of like road volume that i i think this article was was talking about like those are the cyclists who are you know maybe maybe doing like 15 hour weeks maybe more for decades basically you know there's just you you know those mileage guys men and women people who just love the miles they love as much time in the saddle as they can get, and I I love riding my bike, but I'm not, eh, I'm not like yeah I'd, I would love to do like a bunch of four hour rides every week. That's not how I. Oh, that's not I, how I, roll. I get. I mean I don't know about you, but I start to get bored. <laughs> uh, but it's it's tough because I I do actually you know I am trying to step up to doing more of those because I I want to you know you're focused more on doing well in track and I'm I kind of want to get better in the road races. Mm-hmm. So uh, unfortunately uh, it. it it does mean doing more hours and that's kind of the thing is you know from my perspective i see this and i'm like gosh i just i i'm not i'm a little so here's my secret i'm a little bit lazy Mm -hmm. uh training is is totally a means to an end for me um i do not i do not particularly enjoy it uh you know because we all know those guys who who sort of love training for its own sake yeah um guys and ladies um people you might say uh who love training for its own sake and you know racing is is kind of a nice thing you know that they can do that happens to go well um and that is enjoyable that uh you know the training is is beneficial for uh you know that's kind of concrete in a way that um weird as it might sound is concrete in a way that uh improved health is not (laughs) 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 uh (laughs) Uh, because you know that that's sort of a difficult to really detect in your kind of experience of daily life especially if you're used to being at a pretty high level of health anyway um and for me uh training is all about i want to race better mm-hmm. um that's it I, I do not derive any i mean i like riding my bike but it's you know going out and doing you know this interval set or or whatever um for me is it's work mm-hmm. like it's definitely it, it it takes something out of me and i'm like oh i don't want to do that today but i'm gonna go do it you know so so that that makes me think that like you I, i'm not sure this will come up because because it's hard for me to imagine that there isn't going to come a time at some point um where i go back to um doing what i'd done before you know it, it most doing what i'd done before of being in this holding pattern because you and i were both uh, well i'm still in the cat three holding pattern but we were kind of in the cat four cat three holding pattern for a while mm-hmm. um 
you know, for various reasons, time or or whatever. Um, but then, you know, we're doing this new thing where we're trying to train like a lot and being like, oh, wow, uh, this this is work. <laughs> you know, especially if I am trying to do a, a training volume commensurate with being competitive in, in road races, you know, uh, it, I have I, I have no time for anything. <laughs> yeah, it's it's even 10 hours a week is a big bite out of your week if if you're expected to be like at a desk or something for 40 hours. Yeah, it, it is. It is, you know, so that makes it makes me think that uh, I don't know exactly, you know, what kind of lies ahead in my life. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get annoyed after a while. Yeah. And I, I, I really that resonates with me because you know, as we talked about on our last show, like I, I just got back from the national championships of track cycling, which is a, a big thing. I was like just so focused on it and you know, months and months and months and months I was kind of on this like fifteen hour a week plan that I that I gave for myself. And now, you know, a week after that experience, I'm like, Wow, I have I've like I've like barely ridden my bike in the past week. I went for a forty five minute ride during the week. I, I raced locally on Thursday night and I just like noodled around with some friends last night, like, you know, going to a show, going to an art thing, going to going to an event, but you know, not like, you know, I was wearing cutoffs, not, not kit. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that, that switch turning from, I have been like focused on what, what I want and need to do on my bike every day to not doing that anymore. It's like, geez, what, what do I do with my time? Yo, have you seen how much internet there is? There's so much stuff on Netflix. Oh, so much. Plus, like, oh, man, all my friends are out in the world, too. I could go say hi to them. <laughs> yeah. So that, that balance, I think, is an important it's an important decision to make as a, a bike lover who is ambitious about bike racing, but mm-hmm. but is not, uh, you know, it isn't getting paid to do this. Um, that's that's a, right. that's that's life balance. And. You got you to find that, and I think you have to make a conscious decision about where it is. And it, it took me a while to make the conscious decision to say, yeah, I do want to train with motivation to hit these specific goals. It took me, it, oh, it, yeah. it took me a while. You know, I, like, like you said, you know, in, I was in a Cat 3 holding pattern for a long time. Um, and kind of when I decided that I wanted to bust out of that, it took, it took a lot of work for small gains. Uh, yeah. But... Some, some people get to the point where they need to make that decision. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think that's one of the things, you know, we, we chatted a little bit uh, in, in email uh, about, about talking about this. And, you know, you mentioned like, well, what if you stop improving? That's, you know? yeah, well, yeah. Like how, how long do you, because that, that definitely drives a big part of, the motivation you know for me to actually like okay i'm out there racing now um like more than i you know i started racing in like 2008 um but i didn't do a lot i did something like 10 races that year and i did maybe that many the next year and then i did almost nothing um for two years because i long story grad school a new relationship and all that stuff um and i i kind of dove back in in uh 2012 with you know just uh fitness was just 
crap. Because <laughs> I didn't, I still didn't have any time until about midway through the year when I finally was out of um, grad school and, and dealing with kind of more sane demands on my time from more reasonable people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and then all of a sudden I was like, hey, wow, I, I can go from doing maybe four hours a week to like six to eight <laughs> and all of a sudden like a cat for crit is like i can race in it yeah kind of yeah you know it took like three weeks of that and and so you know i i, I uh um got into uh, uh cat three and then i was you know just steadily you know steadily improving and uh, and you know then it's difficult because i've had actually injuries um the last the last couple years in in 2013 i just moved up to massachusetts uh i got married i was in a cross race was going down a chute in in northampton i went over the bars and i broke my collarbone like mm-hmm. bad like mm-hmm. really badly um and it sucked because i was on my way back up into like uh, you know that was the fittest year i'd ever had um I had come into cross season kind of burned out, but I was, I was getting better. I was starting to feel more like myself and, and get faster. Uh, and then it was over and that, and then that, you know, just the cascade of that started off a, you know, an old knee injury came back when I got back on the bike and, um, just wrecked my 2014. Uh, and then actually just over a year ago, <laughs> I was getting ready for cross season. I was riding in a park. I, I broke my collarbone again. Yeah. Damn um, it. <laughs> Yeah, it sucked, and, and we talked a little bit about about that last year because mm-hmm. I was still recovering when we started um, doing the show, and it was like, man, I don't know, like if this happens again, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to take it. Yeah, you know, it, it's it, it was just so, it, it, you know, just it's a really it's emotionally pretty devastating. Yeah, it is. That uh, is deflating. It, yeah, and it's difficult to have your progress arrested so dramatically it's very challenging uh, especially in such short succession it was you know nine months essentially from the first break to the second break yeah uh, if it i if it makes you feel any better to hear an even sadder story like one of my friends seven years ago uh, broke his collarbone riding in in new york when the, basically someone like stepped out he, he was riding you know between lanes of traffic that was stopped and someone you know mm-hmm. walked like very very much jaywalking like stepped out between cars walking across the, the stopped traffic just stepped out right in front of him and he slammed into him Ouch. broke his collarbone and you know so five weeks later back on the bike his second day of riding his bike again uh, his front wheel got caught in a street grate and just flipped him over and deposited oh. him right on the ground broke his other collarbone oh yeah that's man that's harsh yeah it's a yeah. I mean, and you know, and, and that did it to my buddy who like I don't think he, he raced a bike ever. You know, I mean, he was racing like a little bit before that, and he was just like, "That sucks. Like bikes are killing me right now. Screw yeah. everything." Yeah, yeah, and it's like you know, there's there's a point where you know you don't want, I, I don't want this uh, to become a source of uh, misery and frustration. That was actually one of the uh, reasons that I I barely rode for um, a couple years. Um, was that this knee injury that came back um, was just such a source of frustration I couldn't figure out how to make it go away um, that that I kind of just didn't ride much so you know it, it's difficult I don't know so so to me there are there are things other than other than age that I think of but as I do continue to to you know 
train with ambition and think about getting older, you know, I think about, well, okay, there's, there's also, um, family life kind of things. Like one of the, one, this cuts into the time I spend with my wife, you know? Yeah. I, I, and, I think about that, uh, from the point of view of like living far away from most of the people in my family and my brother uh-huh. and my sister both have like really cute kids yeah. I'm not usually a person who like gets all gooey over babies, but these two are like really cute babies, you know. One's yeah. one and one is three and they live, you know, two thousand miles away from me. And so like yeah. all of all of my cycling ambition stuff like takes up a lot of my like travel and vacation stuff. Yeah. And you know, I'm not gonna go out and like expect them to, to travel with with, you know, very small Tiny children, children. To here yeah. and, and visit, you know, me and Heidi in our one bedroom apartment. Um and and you know going back there like once a year around the winter holidays is is not entirely satisfactory but like what are the decisions i'm making between my cycling ambition and watching children in my family grow up absolutely yeah and 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 you know in particular if that's closer to home you know whether it's uh uh, you know being close enough that you actually have an option to spend a lot more time with them or you know if you have a kid yourself you know it's like that's that's time that you know maybe could be prioritized differently yeah that's that's time that your partner is raising your child and you're not yeah exactly (laughs) that's not that's not good you know it's i I, i'm always kind of amazed i i think and you know i know a lot of people when um they have uh, uh children do find that they have to to step back but i don't know i know other people who who are just it seems like they're training and racing just as hard and i'm like i i i boy i wonder it seems like there's no way except that you have to have the easy side of the child care right yeah all the good stuff in order to make that work yeah if you're out doing Uh, doing something else for 10 hours a week you know yeah yeah so and that that, that's just like kind of i don't want to be you know, it's uh, people talk about having oh yes a supportive uh, partner and et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, and I don't want to take this down a political rabbit hole, but you know, there's already it's already pretty common um, for for childcare to be balanced a certain way in your typical heterosexual couple, right? Uh, and and I think that that having that you know quote unquote supportive partner kind of leans heavily on that expectation already existing. Yeah, for a lot of people. Uh, and, and that's not, you know, I don't know, I don't know what my plans are in this regard. We, <laughs> we are agnostic. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, <clears throat> if we do come to the decision like, okay, let's, you know, reproduce, <laughs> make another human being, uh, then I want to be all in on it as much as possible Yeah. and, and not be like, okay, you do the hard stuff. Um, and I'll take the kid to the park, uh, <laughs> and you know just otherwise ride my bike a lot i'm 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 really glad that this conversation you know wasn't just talking about the health aspect but sort of came around to talking about all around like how do we make smart decisions about a very time intensive hobby slash passion slash calling slash whatever um because i don't i don't know that enough people in our community talk about it you know we we know that like some people start and they get really into it and then they get burned out. And I, I know that mm-hmm. one of the things that I really like to see, especially from uh, young and talented bike racers, is not just not just 
pursuing the sort of competitive and athletic side, but doing it with enough balance so that they can have a, a lifelong love for the bike. You know, it, it, it always bums me out to see this like 17, 18 year old who's just like killing it. And then like a year or two later, you know, they're, they're totally burnt out. Yeah. That's, that breaks my heart because, well, first of all, you know, we want, we want young people in the sport and we want them to stay. And, you know, I love it so much that I want people to love it long term. And I, I don't, I don't want people to like go you know, swing for the fences and then strike out, so to speak, to use another sports metaphor. I don't, I don't want people to put all their time and energy into it and then have it uh, not work out in the way that they were hoping and expecting and having that ruin it for them. Um, well, yeah. Well, to, to put it in, I guess, you know, take take what you're talking about in terms of, of uh, to make an analogy, you know, what you're talking about in the Track Nats episode and and broaden that into into kind of not just one race, you know, people have to race conservatively, at least to some extent, right? Like you can go out too hard and blow up uh, and and that's not, you know, and then you pull out of the race, right? And you might feel bad about that when you're like, ah, if, I'd, if I'd been a little more careful, I could have stuck it to the end. Mm-hmm. Um, n- the end in this case, not being death, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like to be clear, <laughs> but, you know, but at least, you know, the capacity to continue to enjoy, you know, riding a bike, whether, you know, and, and making that part of your life, whether as a bike racer or just someone who... I don't know, likes to ride bikes. And I think that we are at a point, you know, it's one thing when I got, I can't believe this, but I got into, I mean, I've always liked riding bikes, um, but I've gotten gotten into this sport at 21. I started racing at 22 years old. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm 30 years old now. And, you know, it's now at that point where, you know, talking about that family sort of stuff, um, that's a decision that has to be made soon about, you know, like within the next, you know, four or five years at least of like, oh, okay, do we do like the baby thing or what are, what are the other things like, or, or, you know, other, other, you know, small members of my family because, you know, other people are going to have children uh, and, and how much time do I want to be dedicating to being in their lives, you know, as, as an uncle or whatever um that's that's coming up mm-hmm. like this is this is no longer a distant um proposition and you know i kind of want to be i want to be okay with with the decision i make i want to be okay with myself and i want to feel good about what i do yeah yeah so anyway i don't know yeah i don't know you is know that, uh, no, there, no, are there like, other, other no answers for these like not really. Like I said, you know, I'm just glad that we're sure. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm really glad that we're talking about this. It's just. Uh, it's it's just finding I, that balance. Like, no, no answers, and... but I, I think I think we should I think we should we should ask these questions of ourselves. And I think a lot of a lot of bike racers should um, be sort of clear with themselves about what decisions they're making and and when they should be making them. Mm-hmm. The, that's the best I got. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And. Right, whether whether it is health related or time related or both. Yeah, and I and it is actually you know I think about the collarbone thing and the second time I broke my collarbone I, I did get relatives being like so you know you're like you, you really need to start thinking about this Greg like about maybe not doing this and I was like well okay um, 
I'm, I'm not at a point yet where I'm ready to quit. <laughs> like, twice in eight years of breaking my collarbone, and it kind of all happened within nine months. Like, that doesn't say to me yet that there's a problem here that is, you know, enough to make me stop. Um, but, you know, I, I also, I understand, like, they're coming from a position of people, don't, you know, my family doesn't want me to be injured. <laughs> yeah. And, and have health problems. Like, all right. You know, that's fair. <laughs> like, you know, I know where they're coming from. But, you know, that was definitely, you know, definitely not a wake-up call in terms of, like, in fact, I was very resistant uh, to that. I was like, no, I'm not going to quit racing because I broke my collarbone. It's a thing that happens. But <laughs> To, <definitely>, like, everybody. <laughs> yeah, to, yeah, it's pretty common. Uh, it's actually the most commonly broken bone, um, period. Huh. Uh, not just among bike racers. So good you, pretty much if you fall down, <laughs> there's a really good chance you're going to break your collarbone. So, yeah, but, but yeah. nonetheless, it puts, you know, it puts the thought in my head and, and, and makes me remember, you know, that, all right, like, try to, try to keep some perspective and, and don't, don't push to the point there, you know, way past uh, sustainability. Mm-hmm. You know, like, know when to stop. Sometimes I compare like racing bikes to to being in a band. um... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I think like if if you were to be like, all right, like right now in my life, I'm in this band and we want to like drop out of life for like six months and go on tour. You know, that's a that's a decision that you have to make. And just because Mm -hmm. that like bike racing can like weave into your life in a little bit more of a like subtle way that lets other stuff be there too you know it's not quite the same like come in and go out still that same kind of like time commitment life interruption that that might happen that you shouldn't be yeah. be clear about the decisions that you're making well yeah and just like in and actually that's a great analogy because just you know like going on tour you know just like um you know really pushing hard on the bike racing that is that is an easier thing to do um when you're like young young yeah. Is, you know, in terms of commitments and and uh, time and just just all those other things. And you know, if you're if you're 30 and you aren't like actually a professional musician, you know, you're like I'm gonna yeah, as you say, take six months and go on tour with my band. You're gonna have a lot more people in your life probably going. Ooh, mm. are you sure that you look good <laughs> in those pants? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. As opposed to when you're 20 or 21 or whatever. You know, it's just a, it's a different proposition. And, and that's just, it seems like, I don't know, I feel like my, the whole kind of time period around me being, you know, 29 and so approaching 30 and then being 30 years old has very much been, um, I've been getting very philosophical about these things because it is sort of, it, it feels like it is a transition point um, to sort of thinking about the rest of your life. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'll feel that way at forty-two. <laughs> I'm going to be I'm going to be old enough to go to the Masters Track World Championships in 2018 when it's in Los Angeles. Oh God, digression. Well, I don't know if I'll go because I don't I don't know if I want to do Masters racing ever, given my attitudes about it now, which is well. But who knows? Who knows? I mean, might change. World Championships. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Do you need to do masters races to masters? Ugh, do you need to do masters races to qualify? No, you don't. But I think you can oh. not earn UCI points 
UCI elite points. You have to have zero oh, of I them. See. I think. I'm not really sure. A lot of like qualification stuff, I just don't understand the systems, and I, I don't care to learn. Sure. Well, you also, you, you also I don't know, are you going to, in, in 2017, are you going to still have a velodrome to race at? The answer is yes. Oh, well, the oh. answer is that the NSC velodrome will still exist. Uh, where I will yeah. be living at that point, who knows? That's the, that's, yeah, that's, that's the, the question. question. Because uh, there are, unfortunately, as, as you mentioned in the previous episode, uh, there are 23 or 25 um, velodromes in the nation, and one of the places... Uh, unfortunately, where I live, for example, uh, is one of the places where there are is not one of those velodromes. Oh man, that might be a conversation for another day. The whole the whole thing, the whole Boston Olympic bid velodrome scapegoating uh, thing. Uh, that is actually a good idea. We should we should make a note of that. Yes, the velodrome scapegoating, the white elephanting. Coming up, folks, <laughs> next week on the Working Man's Honest Bicycle Program, yeah. Boston's Olympic bid velodrome scapegoating. And a sport with only 20-something opportunities to practice it in the whole friggin' country. Uh, and dun, we, dun, have, dun, we have feelings. Dun, dun, we have feelings. Dun, 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 but what else is new? Yeah. <laughs> we just need, like, the graphics, yeah, and, like, the, the news of the 11th thing. Yeah. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> well that that seems like a good place to wrap up now that we're doing uh, yeah. like news fanfares <laughs> uh, all right yeah folks thanks here. for joining us this has been another episode of the working man's honest bicycle program we encourage you to tweet at us at uh underscore whbp you can find us just by searching twitter for honest bike program uh my name yeah. is matteo and i tweet at underscore matteo spelled m-a-t-t io over there in the other corner that's greg greg how can people get a hold of you uh i am also on twitter and i can be tweeted at at grolby g-r-o-l-b-y so, yeah so people should do that so people should send that. us some tweets people can email the show it's honestbikeprogram at gmail.com yep. and of course you can find us on itunes where you probably found this episode and we would love it if you could give us a rating that'd be a nice little help we've gotten some ratings and i think it bumps us around and like the itunes search results or something i don't know greg handles it does well i i don't know i don't pay that much attention to that stuff honestly but (laughs) i I think it does there there are certain uh we could call them rival podcasts they're not rivals they're more like friendly rivals uh who who seem quite concerned (laughs) with their itunes ranking and i don't know i think we've got probably uh they have more listeners than we do (laughs) so maybe i should be more concerned but whatever it's cool (laughs) Uh, all right, so thanks for listening once more. We'll be back once, uh, probably next week. As always, we have so many things to talk to you about this fall. Yeah. Um, so do not worry. There's there's a lot to cover. Hashtag CX is coming, apparently. CX is coming, apparently. All right. Catch you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.